0: You're playing with the big boys now. When
1: I'm listening to them, I'm laughing the whole time. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? Oh, you're a big boy. You'll figure it out. Well, talk to me like I'm a child. Boys, you must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer
0: you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Thoreau said most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Don't be resigned to that. Break out.
1: You wake up in the morning and say, I put on my big boy pants. I can say big loud things. I can be demonstrative. Is this how you conduct yourself in a democracy? I am the big boy. Big boy voices. You are listening to Big Boy Voices.
2: And here we go, Richie Redding. Welcome to Big Boy Voices, dude. Can I tell you something? I'm a little
3: intimidated to have Rich here, because like, we're pretty funny guys.
2: We're not funny enough. We're not funny when Rich is in the room. (laughs) Is this my turn? What's up, guys? How you doing? (laughs) Okay, ready? Go. Be funny.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I thought that intro... Could have been much longer. There have been other times where the term "big boys" was used in in media. We once in
2: a while, we we actually had to cut a few things out. There were a few things when we first ran the uh, the beginning. I'd said to the guy, "I was like, yeah, some movie studios are going to sue the shit out of us. Just leave that alone for a minute." And it's you know, a whole minute long. But still too long. Still too long.
0: Yeah, 4 seconds fair use law.
2: Fair then that was a thing, but we use so many that one one studio would have been like, "Nope, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine." That's 24 seconds right there, boys. <laughs> it's, gotcha. you know, But it's good stuff. So, what's up, bro?
0: Uh, well, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Is Jason in some kind of witness protection? What is with this disguise <laughs> that this man has on?
1: <laughs> I hate bright lights, and this guy's got fucking bright fluorescent bulbs in here i just can't do it so I, I gotta rock the shade it's a fucking office
2: building bro Dude, I mean, we I actually guess. do adult work in this office where I, we have adult lights in
1: my adult
0: office i have dimmers on the switches and
2: you also work in your fucking underwear I so do. it don't matter
0: i do because i'm only getting you in 2d here and from where i'm sitting i think that the shades and the beard come off in one piece, <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> with and the it's headphones. possible that you take off the t-shirt and the tattoos come yeah. off with it. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's one of gift. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he fucking nailed you like one shot. <laughs> All right, it. hey, thanks. That was this week's episode of Big Boy Voices. No, <laughs> well,
0: I was promised a uh, a Kia for Matt Black. That is why mm. I am here. You know what? Uh, it,
3: it is being delivered as we speak.
2: We from a, it, granted it's a 1992 Kia, but exactly.
3: it's one of our early <laughs> yeah. early models. Yeah,
0: they're good for Stop. about a year and a half. So,
2: <laughs> well, wow, fantastic. So, you're a local dude. You're from our neck of the woods, man.
0: Yeah, man. I uh, I grew up in Smithville. Went to Holy Spirit High School.
2: And Stacy knew that, and she was. Yeah. Uh, she even gave us your superlative from your high school yearbook. Uh, she did. Yeah. Is
0: there a way I want to see that? Yeah,
2: thing. So I'll send it over to you, Stacy. Uh, our Stacy is pretty much the equivalent of our version of the FBI. I mean, she can track anything down. She knows where everybody went to high school, how old they are, who they're related to. I was like, yeah, we got a uh, Richie Redding. Oh, I know him. His real name is B. I was like, no yeah.
0: shit. You realize everything that you just listed as her being in the FBI is definitely available on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think the FBI uses? They're in league with Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, Dude, yeah, I mean, I probably look like I'm... 11 in my senior picture right yes you you definitely definitely age well 100 you still look like a kid
2: that's that's
0: oh wow i i graduated i I know this for sure that i graduated from spirit weighing 110 pounds
2: yeah you look like 110 pounds you look like you spent some time in a locker or two yeah i I can see that
0: I, i was like the i was so small that i was like i could be a bully because, like, if, it, it would have been like punching a girl. Like, if oh. you beat me up, your dad would fuck you up.
2: That's why we hang thing. out with Gold
1: Farm.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. Although you've been trying to get in brawls lately. You were going to rough that guy up at the mountain almost, bar the other I
1: did almost get into a fight recently. Yeah? I don't know what's going on here. Hey, what, what? Hey, hey, hey. hey uh, there we go. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I almost got into a fight, like, a couple weeks ago. Some drunk guy kept harassing me and my wife, just nonstop, just blacked out guy, just kept coming. Liz, Liz
3: kicked his ass?
1: Liz was I, I was going to kick his ass, but Liz was going to kick his ass, too. Security comes running over. These two bitches keep slapping each other. Yeah, it wasn't fun. But no. yeah, I mean, listen, I don't like to fight, but I'll fight if I got to fight. Nice. I don't want to fight. Nice.
2: Bum fights, yeah. bum fights. Where was it? Mountain hey. bar. No, Bell- it wasn't mountain bar? No. Nope. Okay, no, Jason doesn't work for the mountain bar. <laughs> it wasn't the mountain bar at all. <laughs> Nobody from the Mountain Bar listens to this fucking podcast. Hey, I don't
1: know.
2: It was the Bar Mountain, <laughs> located at Playboy Casino and Hotel. <laughs> Sally's, Sally's. So this whole funnier than you thing, right? You mm-hmm. kind of went balls to the. This I was on the website the other day. Kobe had mentioned it, and we looked at it a while ago. And you know, while we're all kind of hanging out with our thumbs up our asses uh, during COVID, you know, you turned lemons into lemonade, right?
0: Yeah. uh, Thank you for mentioning it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funnier than you are is the name of the company. And um, yeah, I mean the, the start of the pandemic was for comics, especially, it was just like every bit of work was wiped off the map. Um, Luckily, like just amazingly the last show that I did before the lockdown, I had already planned on recording an album. So like I kind of had that to look forward to, but then like nothing else, but also um, my girlfriend's parents both got the virus really badly, and this time last year they were both on the ventilator at the same time.
3: I remember, and, you were down in Florida, right?
0: Yeah, uh, that was really just like a rescue operation to to like nurse them back to health to the point that we could get them back here, which took months. But yeah, so yeah, and, and miraculously, like you know, we got them both back, and they're. They've been down in Florida playing golf. Like, you know, they're coming back up soon. They're, they're total snowbirds. But it was like that was jarring in itself. And then combined with work getting wiped off the map, it was like, dude, what is the path forward here, you know? And uh, I, the kind of like inciting incident for the whole thing was I, I got a call from an Israeli ad agency that wanted me to write a funny commercial for them and uh they they undercharged over delivered they're a little tight with the dough no way Uh (laughs) uh if you could believe it and uh they gave me like two weeks to write one funny commercial for them and i came back the next day with four commercials and they're like oh this is great like you referenced a parody song here do you think you could write that for us too and it was like double the offer and i'll produce that song and like 10 days later, they had a fully produced song and it made me realize I'm just part of this super creative community that's totally walled off. Like comics either write for ourselves or like a TV show. And that's it. And uh and my girlfriend was like, Yeah, you can start like a comedy consulting company here. And I was like, Yeah, we're funnier than you are and just clicked and like I knew that's what it was gonna be. And I I went online, I was expecting to find a hundred comedy consultants. And there's one guy that calls himself that and he's clearly an open micer that writes jokes for open micers and he will write you a page of stand-up comedy jokes, John Henderson, for $150. What? Uh, Send uh, that
2: guy a fucking
3: well, Venmo. Listen, our, our, <laughs> how I much do jokes sell for these days?
0: I mean, is there, i there? I mean, is there a, is there a, a lot more than that. I can't tell you how bad I want to spend that money and go on stage and eat my balls for $150. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, how so, many,
2: I wonder how many people he gives the same shit to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been. If I ever did it, if I do spend the money, I'm going to tell him that like I'm in HR at a barbecue factory or something like, yeah, just, right. just to see like how specific. It's like you know I, I'm an amputee and I work in a barbecue factory, like just to see if he like really dials it in to get as hacky as possible just on whatever information you give him. That but,
3: that, that open mic or his name wouldn't be Bob Levy by any chance, would it? No, nah. <laughs> joke.
0: It's uh Patrick uh what's um, the name? What the hell is that guy's name?
3: Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something with a with Melton, an M. Melton Melton. Melton. Melton
3: Melton, Pat Melton.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know the history of yeah, he, uh you know, the, the comedian that despises Butch. your boy. Oh yes! Yes!
2: yes. One hundred yeah, from back in your comedy club days.
0: Yeah. I feel like he must have let that uh That page expire I don't think he has the $8 to keep that thing up Every year with GoDaddy
3: I don't know what that guy's I, I was actually the one that found him and I liked him Everybody else hated him
2: Oh, let me, and then when he
3: tried selling drugs in the place, that's when I decided I didn't like
2: him. Yeah, because your place was strictly just give drugs away. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's going to sell
3: drugs, it's going to be
0: me. Hey, this is a lap dance joint, pal. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're, that's, we're, take we're the cocaine to, out of her ass. <laughs> 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 yeah. We sell poontangs, <laughs> in it.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Poontang. That's Listen, the same stuff the astronauts took up. Right, no, yeah, you have to know your market. Yeah, yeah We had a lot yeah. of fun at your comedy club. That was a good time short-lived short-lived short-lived
3: yeah comedy i mean i did was it it for like a few year month. not now i thought it, it, for a a year. Yeah. Yeah. Was, it for a few months yeah
0: yeah it was months. a great little room it was a great
3: little. but room. you know what it was actually before its time if it was there now probably crush it in the way City. i oh. agree because
1: those guys that are doing those little comedy things around town are doing pretty all right. you're yeah. doing all right have they you do. done any of those things
0: uh, occasionally, yeah. I mean, I do the AC Comedy Club more and Borgata mm-hmm. a couple times a year, but um, yeah. I mean, those guys hustle. They you know they get they they. It's all just like on the street, you know. Yeah. Which is uh, a hard. I mean, way. That, it's it's a total hustle, but yeah. yeah oh, I mean, yeah. respect. They do it, and they're yeah. You know, they're practicing their craft. They're getting better, so it's good.
2: So going back.
0: Yeah, back to me. Yeah,
2: back to you. This is about Uh, (laughs) you. This isn't about us. This isn't about Kobe's comedy club. So Uh, you came back, you're funny than you are, clicked, you saw one other guy who did it.
0: Yeah. So the the first call that I made was uh I mean so it was kind of like a, a, a perfect convergence of of events because like look, I went to University of Pennsylvania and then I joined the circus, you know, so it's like I've never really been able to take advantage for lack of a better term of that until now. And what I started to do is I, I just called every guy that I rode with at Penn or was in my fraternity that they're you know have better business minds than I do, which is pretty low bar. But um but the first call that I made was to this dude that's the chief marketing officer for Anthem Health, which owns um blue cross blue shield and i was like what if i could bring a writer's room of like really diverse funny ass comics to your marketing like problems and we'll blast 200 ideas at it come out you know from literally 200 ideas and within a couple hours we'll get it down to one or two ideas and then you shoot a commercial based on that and he was like is like, I don't think we could actually outsource the ideas, but I would pay for my team to see a group of dudes that's not afraid to fail. It's like, because the corporate process is so fucking scared that like nobody puts their hand up with an idea. It's like, so that, that alone is worth money. It's like, okay, cool. And then he put me in touch with the CMO of Molson Coors. And she was like, do you have like diverse comics? And I was like, oh, yeah. You're tripping over your dick trying not to offend minorities right now. So, most of my friends in the business are, you know, fall into some minority bucket. So, instead of guessing what's not going to outrage them, how about you pay them and they'll write you funny stuff? And she's like, I fucking love this. And it's just been like one thing after another. And it's like comedy consulting is kind of a, a catch all. But uh, the long story short of it is that we've produced over 30 uh, corporate shows and I had never done a corporate show ever because like I'm, I'm not the cleanest comic but the way that I do it is I only have to do like 20 minutes myself and I can be super clean for that but like you know I mean I, the first gig that I did was Sebastian Maniscalco and Bill Bellamy for a couple thousand people um, and we've done like you know two and a half dozen cents but we're also the, the thing that and that's awesome and like there's there's a component to to it that like we're always going to do the corporate shows, but the thing that's really differentiated is that we're doing actual consulting work for um, for some really big corporations. It's like an ad agency. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's kind of like it, it's it's turning into actual consulting, though. Like you know, so. So the, the first thing that we did was we wrote a a, a video for this company that was getting trolled at, by a conspiracy theory. And the the best video they ever had was 80,000 views and the one that we wrote has 2 million and counting. So immediately she was like, we want you to write all of our videos. And it was like, all right, no problem. Yep. Sold. Uh, yeah. So, so we were on, on retainer with them. And, uh, I mean, it was crazy. Like they, they basically paid six months up front and it was like, you know, and I, I gave a number cause I'm like, yeah, as a comic, as an artist, it's always like, you don't know how to value yourself, you know? And I was like, all right, so it's, uh, it's, it's 24 hours a month at X value. Right. And she was like, no, you mean it's twenty hours a month at Z values. Like yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so like, so like, yeah, she like upgraded it on the fly for us. but um, the stuff that that company is like is referring to us is wild that like there's a they're involved in like a pretty major geopolitical situation. and they have like Washington lobbyists and all that shit and they came to us first and she was like I want to play like a war game of put together a group of comics that one of you is, is conspiracy theorist and the other side is us and I want to see you guys have a comedy debate based on the facts that we give you and and I'm like uh, don't you have like major PR companies that do this she's like I don't know what they're going to say Fuck those guys. They're they're Washington heads. We need like just common sense comedians. So she's to, forward. To she's that.
3: very forward thinking. I mean, it's like, like yeah. Because keeper. think about it. You know, the political politically correct world we're in right now. I can see getting a bunch of you guys and girls sitting around, and the way you think and the way you talk, and a corporate head's going to explode. Like, no, yeah. you can't say that. No, don't, don't. You're going to make somebody right. upset.
2: Oh yeah, there's got to yeah. be button marks and seats where assholes tighten up sometimes
0: yeah well but the thing is that they don't see the like you know for the most part other than her that the the corporation doesn't see the process they just see the finished results so like they give us they give us the guardrails of like what we have to worry about and then from and then from there we like craft the message for them but the results have been crazy so like for for the first one, which, which that was the first thing. And, you know, it was – that, so that was an ammo company, right? And we, what, 5 x their their best ever performance. And then uh, for – the next thing that we did was an Easter egg dye company. And so, I saw that. that so wait. So,
2: so your one was an am, ammunitions company. Yeah. And your first one was an – was a –
0: Israeli uh, – Israeli yeah. – Super random shit. Yeah. So, was, I mean, did,
2: was, did the Israeli one ask to get hooked up with the ammo one? Like, <laughs> hey, you got this ammo company, hook a brother up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, bro, bro, very premium, very premium ammo, bro. Uh, yeah. So, so, and then like, so yeah, we did this thing with this Easter egg dye company and we were up against a traditional ad agency and we literally in engagement did 15,000% better than they did. Really? And uh, yeah, it, well, and the secret that I have that nobody else can really do, if it was an ad agency, is that I perfectly match the creative voices with the target demographic. So, for the ammo job, I brought in three redneck comics that shoot all the time, and then for uh, for the for the Easter egg job, I brought in like th- just three moms that are comics and mm-hmm. uh, so it's like they know who they're talking to and the, the ultimate example of it was the biggest thing that we've done to date i mean it's a it's a fortune five company like i'm, I'm nda but like it, you can guess which company it's a quite a big web services company gotcha browsers uh, and and their uh their thing was they're like yeah we just so it had to be whatever we did it had to be translated into 35 different languages which is a crazy challenge right so it's like you're basically writing a children's story at that point like it just has to be that universal and they kept saying in the in this thing they're like i just don't know if it's going to play in brazil africa and china and they said that over and over and over. And like they, they had a, a deck built and it got nixed on the fly in the meeting because like everybody's like, yeah, that's not going to play in Brazil. That won't go in Africa or China. So I hung up with them once I had the deal and I hired comics from Brazil, Africa and China. And they they had this thing slated as two months of work for us. And we literally did it in four hours. That's awesome and uh, yeah and we like and it, the the thing that was crazy was that they were like all right we're going to we're going to focus group this you know like give us a couple weeks to focus group it and uh, we didn't have any blowback so, so you, it, it was you, like are you doing all the production? concept
1: are you doing all the production in house like at home and stuff or do you work out of like a studio or something like that.
0: I feel a pitch coming. Oh, um, no, not for me. <laughs> not yet. You know, it's still early. That's not busy. right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I tend to outsource it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, like, I'm not a director. I know that, you know? And so we, we've used three different production companies so far for, for all the stuff that we've done.
3: Two, two things. Do you, well, one, Do you got a little mullet going
0: on back there. He does. I noticed it oh yeah, yeah 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 this is my project dude this is this is before
2: <laughs> <laughs> this, that's from the ammo company that is literally <laughs> yeah. the influence of the ammo company right there
0: it ain't the easter eggs yep. tell you that much yeah i mean dude that's the good lord's favorite right there brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit <laughs> like what is going on with his hair holy shit oh he's
2: been trapped dude, in I home mean, for too long you,
0: you Done something regrettable to your physical appearance at this point all you like, need what is a stash doing? now <laughs> got yeah, a stash my, my stash is lousy, though.
3: Yeah, but you got the hair. It should be a lousy stash, just a little fuzz. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's
0: that's what it is. It's just the corners, like a thirteen-year-old Mexican girl. <laughs> exactly. You know, nice. <laughs> so. So, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> I know her sister. Yes, you do.
3: What? Um, do you see yourself going back on the road when all this clears, or are you just gonna run with this?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I am. Like, you know, I'm I'm getting back into the clubs and stuff, and it's. Uh, it's giving me the ability to be a lot more choosy with, with what I'm taking. Cause like, you know, I, 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 love, I, I need to do comedy just like to not go crazy. Like I need to be on stage, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely turning down a lot more shit where it's like, I would go and chase that, that money. You Chuckles
3: know? in Canton, Ohio with the holiday Inn.
0: Yeah, there's a phrase called bucket money, which I love, which is, uh it's like, all right, well, if somebody told you that in northern Massachusetts, there's $400 in a bucket off the highway about 15 miles in, would you go and get that money? Like, no, like, then don't take that show. Huh.
2: That's a good analogy. A good Somebody write that down.
0: That.
3: down. <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll record that. I like
3: that. we, we might have, have recorded that, that. That works across any business. So he has a question.
0: It, wait, are you not recording this?
2: Yeah, right. No, we're writing it all down. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. just all Jason's yeah, actually taking dictation. It. Yeah, he's transcribing it. Just yep, they're,
0: furiously stenographing <laughs> this Yeah,
2: yeah. Yep, those are actually bifocal sunglasses that are <laughs> attached to his beard and shirt. So have you, in the process of kind of doing the, you know, the commercials, have you given some shit away that, you know, after the fact, when you watched it or heard or read it and you went, like, fuck, I should have kept that in my pocket.
0: Well, that's, that's the funny part about it is that like, it, it's so bespoke just to them, you know, and we're, we're writing it like just within the guidelines of what they want that like, I'm not giving away material Mm -hmm. right and and especially because it's corporate like so especially like so that that really big thing the 35 different languages thing there's this guy that i i there's no way he's going to be there this time next year let's put it that way and he's like dude it's going to be crazy it's going to be hilarious and and then people are like whoa and they're going to go back and they're going to watch it like 15 times and i was like look man um i think the goal here is to be watchable like let's move the goal line you know from like we're not blowing minds we want this thing to just be watchable and it's it is a weird thing to go for like when i'm used to killing on stage especially to you know to kind of turning it back to that but but, like, that is the thing with this corporate stuff and with commercials. Like, they just really need to be watchable. And, like, somebody will let us be funny, event- like, really funny eventually. But right now it's, like, you know, it's, it, it's pretty corporate. But, it, like, we're just making it, like, connect is the whole thing.
1: So is your team, like, I, I know you said you bring in specific people depending on what the topic is. But do you have, like, a core group of people that are, like, on every project?
0: I'm um, pretty agnostic with it. There's one guy that's a, an all-arounder that's been in on, on most of them. But I, I'm really the only one that's, like, constantly on.
2: It's. I mean, it's, but, it's such a cool kind of – I, mean, you use I that, hate the word fucking pivot. I just – really But pivot's a it's
3: the best word. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it is. He's using that U of Penn Ivy League uh, education. <laughs> Finally.
0: <laughs> yeah finally for for christ's sake exactly uh yeah and i mean it's it's been weird man it's like you know i the 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 part that i've been loud about is the corporate shows and really didn't i I haven't really spoken about the consulting stuff until that uh that new york post article and then like all these comics started calling me because i was getting messages of from from guys that are like, hey, I'd love to do your corporate shows, and then it was like, hey, will you hire me? Like, no, yeah, fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> <laughs> but fuck off, fuck you know, off, fuck yeah, off, yeah, yeah. But it was such a blessing to have this whole thing and like, you know, just something to do because I I started it. The idea hit me in August. I incorporated mid October, and our first show was like November first. So. This has all really been just in the last six months. but um, what, one of the cool experiences I, I had and it, it's actually the first thing I, I posted about it. Kobe, I think you saw it, was that I was I was reading this book called The Underdog Advantage. and um, it's, it's written by this guy who his, his part him and his partner like invented ugly campaigning, basically. And they uh, they they advise sixteen winning Biden makes it seventeen winning presidential candidates worldwide, and their whole thing is to like run every every company you run it like it's a political campaign and you run it like you're like you're behind. And the, his first client was Steve Jobs, but they came up with uh, with taste great, less filling. Like these, these kind of things, yep. actually his partner, this is, this is one of my favorite business stories of all time. His partner was, uh, I think 22 tw- or 23, right? He was a, he was a grad student at MIT and he did his senior project on Listerine. And after he graduates there, he goes to Listerine and he says, I can tell you how to double your profits immediately, but you have to give me $1 million and and he do, he says this as an MIT graduate or like you know grad graduate and he gets letters from his from his professors saying that you know they'll vouch for this 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 thing they believe that it will work so at, at, at you know 20 early 20s they agree to pay this kid 1 million dollars and they come in and it's like it's him and 30 fucking suits all the way down that have you know they, that are that are there for this huge presentation. They've got a, an overhead projector set up for him because it's the 1980s they're ready for this whole thing. Uh, they're like, all right well Mr. Miller, it's it's your turn to go and he goes, double the size of the lid. Yeah, and they're, and they're like, "What is like? Look, I've studied the people that that use Listerine. Nobody likes it. These people drink, or you know, they 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 rinse with this disgusting stuff because they're the world's strictest rule followers. Nobody follows rules more than Listerine users because this is the old yellow stuff that mm-hmm. hot donkey piss." <laughs> yeah. and, and they, and he's like, if you double the size of the cap and you keep the instructions at use one cap full, they're still going to use one cap full, and they'll buy twice as much. They did it, right? They doubled the size of the cap. They doubled their profits, like that.
2: That guy's a fucking straight champion.
0: I mean, but yeah. honestly, if so, you roll in, if you're like, listen, I'm a
2: fucking janitor at MIT, anybody's gonna take your fucking call. It's MIT. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so I, uh, I, I read their book. And, um, and I, I had read one of them before, but I was like, really like setting up my whole website, the way that I position it and stuff is as like, as what we're doing is so different than everybody else's and just calling it funnier than you are, which is a little bit dickish. Uh, I think dickish and, plays though. No, dickish yeah, plays. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and,
3: and you are. I mean, in the corporate
2: world, you're talking. You're calling our guests a dick.
3: No, no, I'm, I'm, saying, saying, yeah, I'm saying
0: he's funnier I'm, than you are. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with both of these things. They can both be true. Funnier um, than you are. Yeah, so I, uh, I emailed that guy. At, well, no, it's, I emailed and he didn't get back to me. And then I, I just called him. Because the whole time I was reading the book, it was like, if this guy says this company has legs, then it, it's definitely a winner. And I, uh, I called him up and I, I, I left a message with his secretary and it was like, Hey, I've been a comedian for 18 years. I've never done anything like this. I have a business idea that I think is a real underdog. Um, can you show him the my, my website, please. And tell him, I'd love to talk to him. And the guy called me back like five minutes later. And he was like, Hey man, us underdogs have to stick together. I saw that you have a Philly number. You want to get coffee? And I was like, well, I'm up in New York, but he's like, all right, well, I love this idea. I want to talk to you about it. You know, come get coffee when you can, but I'm, uh, I'm advising Biden right now. So I'm going to be kind of tied up until like November. It's like, all right. And, uh, yeah and then like a, a few weeks later I got in the car went down and talked to this guy and he's my advisor now
2: he was like if you give me a million dollars I'll double your clicks make yeah. your screen bigger <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right. get a bigger computer but, uh, but yeah I mean it, it's it's just been a lot of stuff like that of like kind, kind of applying like the same balls that it takes to get on stage which I take for granted but like Getting over social awkwardness stuff, which, like, I'm not great at promoting myself as a comic, but I'm really good at promoting this company as an idea.
2: Now, it's a fantastic idea.
3: Now, with, with the corporate world, are you doing some coaching too? Like, you're doing consulting. Are you, you know, doing any coaching for like a corporate guy that's giving a speech or is having a board meeting or something like that?
0: Yeah, we've done So I've uh, that that the one company that has its own retainer. We've we've written a bunch of, of speeches for their president and their uh, and their CEO. And like the, the the sales pitch is always so soft. It's just like, hey, you, would you be more confident if your speech was written by somebody that wrote for the Daily Show? And they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that and then like we've I, I actually did it one time that I got in the guy's ear because he had it was it was a different company, but this dude had a uh, a big sales presentation and he was like, you know I'm usually really good at connecting with people uh, in person when I'm speaking, but i'm I'm not used to it on uh, online with Zoom. So I got online with the guy like five minutes before this his speech, and I just sent him like 15 different things, like cr- basically crowd work to ping every single person on the, on the, uh, on the screen. And he killed, like he was just, he, I was just feeding in lines. And so there's, there's like these advantages to doing stuff in, in like the virtual form that you could never do in physical, you know, like he would have to have an earpiece for uh-huh. me to do that. Like Surno like de kind of
3: Bergerac. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah.
3: Richie Redding speaking for,
2: Yeah. you know, uh, you are, you are, to kind of go off of it, you're kind of in the last bastion of free speech, right? And it being a comedian, you know, because you can say things and people automatically, oh, he's a comedian. He's a comedian, you know, especially now mm-hmm. when people get so socially charged, right? I mean, do you think that, I mean, do, how do you feel? Of, do you think that's going to sway anyway, or do you think that's going to outlast kind of the current PC
0: bullshit? Um, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's definitely a blowback to the woke shit. Like woke really is it, it's online and it's in San Francisco and Brooklyn and and like Portland, you know, but like actually being at comedy clubs, the, the like you'll lose a woke crowd member that tries to take people out with them. But it's not real. Yeah. Like you know, like when you when you're actually I mean, for instance, I I mean I was in the Poconos this morning at a gas station and like if if anybody ever questions the Trump phenomenon, go 2 hours outside of any sophisticated place. Oh, 100%, yeah. And hang out at at a convenience store and like you'll see a real America, you know. Yep. So like so, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I, I think that there's there's such a market, like, people want to hear real talk so much that, like, the, the there's going to be a market adjustment in that, like, you know, there, there's, there, there, like, there's just the ability of comics and performers and stuff to take themselves off of platforms that... Are going to be censoring. I mean, right? we're, we're like, so far the other way right now.
2: Well, I think people yeah. go to, you know, look at guys like Richie and other comedians to say, hey, I need a break from all the bullshit. And these guys, you know, they don't give a shit. You know, they're here to make us laugh. It's all with levity. You we're, know, and
3: they're getting canceled too, though.
2: Who? Louis. <laughs> he'll it, be well, back mean, that, he'll be back
3: that wasn't for words yeah
2: word i mean he
0: asked I mean, what, he you, asked listen. if he asks those <laughs> yeah. are words since but, when
3: can you jerk off in a hotel room right I mean, mm-hmm. come on it's his hotel yeah. Room. say yeah but
0: a, a weird phenomenon that comics have though it's so like you know i do a ton of racial humor which i'm obviously not doing for any kind of corporate shit but uh but like I, I'm kind of. Do you known want as a to? White...
3: Do you want? To?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want to feed some minds
3: <laughs> to the guy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen, but here's yeah, what so, you say.
0: Yeah. The president's wife's black.
3: <laughs> right.
0: I'm known as a white guy that does racial humor, and it's it's wild how often some guy that looks like Jason will come up to me and just like start dropping N bombs. You know, it's like whoa, like yep. buddy, it's like yep. mm-mm. like it. it so that it's like, and and that's also that's almost the the opposite of the of, of the like the other side of the coin of like woke people that think like everything is offensive, then like the, you know that that every joke is literal yep. kind of thing, yeah. And then like you get the, the 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 completely not woke racist that's like everything racial is actually racist.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, no, I get it, I get it. You're like, J- bro, it's <laughs> jokes, <laughs> one of, Man. you one of us, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro, it's yeah. jokes.
0: But yeah. failed racial humor is one of my favorite things in the world to watch. If you ever want to, because I, I love bad comedy. I love watching new guys eat balls. Just melt. But yeah, I mean, if you want to see a stillbirth, just watch a guy, like some dude that's just a couple years in, try to get edgy. Oh, oh, oh.
2: How long did it take for you to take, get the momentum? I mean, you know, so to the point where you stopped eating balls. You know, like when did you lose your taste for balls?
0: <laughs> um, that's a good question, man. I don't know. Um, I think I was doing well within as he spits out a pube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was definitely doing like pretty well within six months, you know, like with some kind of consistency. But it's just new guy stuff, right? So, like, there's just – there's a lot of levels to getting good at comedy. And um, especially because I started out in Philly and it was a lot of just, like, doing the urban rooms and stuff. It was, like, I was entertaining them, right, but not actually, like, doing me. And then there's finding – then there's finding your own voice, and then there's when you like stop caring and you, know, like, you don't have to try it all. Okay. And, and like, you know, you just, you, you can have fun. Is there that, that's, that's for me. That's the thing is just, if I'm having fun and the audience is having fun.
2: Is there one that's just sticks out in your head that says, if there was a noose, I just fucking, this is brutal. Is there one that you're, you can kind of go back to is almost fuel. Like,
0: don't do that. One like show, one show, one like one
2: show experience, where you're like, "Oh, I should." That kind of resounds in your head fifteen years
0: later. Like, fuck. Oh uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the I, I think it's just like a matter of getting in over your head, right? So, the 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 the, the greatest uh, fiasco I would say that I ever had was um, I, I was only. I was maybe six months in. So, yeah, I was six to nine months in. I was nine months in, actually. It was August. And I, I had started doing consistently well. And uh, I let this guy – so it was like the circumstances were perfect for it. So my girlfriend, who I was living with, was in Germany. And there was this dude who was like a season one Def Jam comic that was hanging out at the Laugh House. And he is the reason that I know that if somebody is at a comedy club with a suitcase, things are either going really well or really bad. And uh, he fell into the latter. But he was like, yeah, I just got off tour with Mariah Carey and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm staying at the Ritz. But like, I just totally fell for all this shit. And this guy winds up living in my house for like three weeks. And like Eating my food, like, you know, sleeping in my spare room, all this shit. And it got to the point that I had to kick this guy out. And he was like, hey, man, I got you a gig. Butch like, Bradley? Right, cool. <laughs> no, basically. Uh, J- Javon, he's also the reason that I know that uh, you don't have to trust somebody when they said that they went to jail for taxes. Texas <laughs> taxes is also a code for uh, I fucked my niece. But, <laughs> Uh, so the uh this gig that he got me it was it was at this point it was the 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 highest paid gig that i had ever had for sure it was like 500 bucks right and it was perfect timing because i also while that guy was there eating my food spending my money found out that my unemployment ran out like a month before i thought it was going to and I needed that money for when my girlfriend got back, so that I could pay my rent. Like it was, it, like everything was piling up. And the the gig was at Robin Hood Dell East in uh, what is it? Fairmont it's in Park. North Philly. Yeah, uh, right. So it's like northish Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and very north. Very north, but north north Philly. So uh, it was a few thousand people. Uh, the most I'd ever been in front of was a few hundred at that point. It was an outdoor venue and a hundred degrees. It became known as the Free Beanie Seagull Concert. Uh, it, was, it was when the Free Beanie shirts started showing up everywhere. And I was in between Memphis Bleak and Joe Budden. And the, uh, the, the, so that guy, Javon, is hosting and he brings me out after like two minutes, like he did no time whatsoever to turn it from gangster rap crowd to comedy show, you know? And he brings me out as, uh, so y'all, uh, this next comedian just graduated from the university of Pennsylvania. He might as well have said, here's whitey. <laughs> and,
3: here's somebody you can't relate to Richie Redding. Dude,
0: yeah. And I, I walked out there and I made the rookie move. I immediately looked right into the into the light and it was like an aircraft landing light, you know, it's a fucking huge floodlight, bzz, flying blind immediately. Oh, I forgot this part. So the uh, the promoter that was the I mean clearly a drug dealer, he pulls me aside right before we go out. He's like, Yo, look, I don't know how to do it with your white boy clubs, but around here if you don't do all your time you don't get all your money. I want ten minutes. Uh, and, so, and, and Nate Bargatze—I don't know if you guys know him—but he, uh, when I told him this story, he's like, "That's code for there's not a fucking chance you're going to do your time." <laughs> so <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm not paying you. So I'm completely blind, and the the second that light hit me, the crowd started going three thousand people. Just start booing the shit out of it, right? And like, I I settled down into it for a second. And like, I just started blindly throwing out like black snaps at at the front row. Like, you know, bitch, your titties looking down, like making sure nobody's trying to snail your feet. Like, just dumb shit like that. And somehow I like kind of got them and they like, they stopped booing. And then I was doing comedy for like, Somehow they shut up for like five minutes and there was like a few minutes to go. And somebody in the back was like, I want to start booing now. Would you like to start booing? I'd love to start booing. And just boo, and it just, this thing just built and, built and built and built and built. And then just kaboom! Just a savage wave of boos that. I stayed on stage for like a minute and a half while they were just booing the living shit out of me. Just looking down at the watch, like I need this money. I just (laughs) I need this money. You can fucking boo me. I will not get off this stage right now. Uh, When it was finally over, this guy that was the host is like, (laughs) Uh, and I went over to the promoter. He's like, "Yo, man, that was some bullshit." I was like, "Hey, we didn't talk about quality.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Quantity. We were talking quantity." Uh,
0: this is a numbers game baby so uh yeah i mean i would tell my young self not to get into those situations but that is also the re- so seven years later i told that story to my buddy Toure while well we were we were doing a, a uso tour in korea together and a couple weeks later he calls me laughing. He's like, Yo, you're not gonna believe this, but Robin Hood Dell East is looking for, for comics. You wanna get some revenge? It's like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Cause I actually know what I'm doing at this point, you know? And I went and the two comics before me got booed. And I I knew how to handle this situation now and went up and did really well. And uh, and the the manager, the stage manager of that gave me his card he was like yo email me man like let's let's try to do something and like every four months i would email that guy for like three years and he never got back to me and then uh after a few years he, he sends me a call me message he's like what's up and he's like you want to open for cat williams tomorrow it's like yes i do He's like being in philly at seven so so he was the, the stage producer for cat in philly and then I did the cat show, and that went really well. And then from that point on, I did 180 shows straight with Cat Williams.
2: That's, so where did Ski Trippin' land in that? Uh, <laughs> You're like, did he just punch me in the stomach?
0: How do I untag myself from something? The, you, you, something roll sure? as the white guy. <laughs> IMDb. IMDb.
2: IMDb. We do I our believe, homework here.
0: I believe the only... Uh, so I, did, I had no idea what this project was My my role in it Was uh, sitting at a bus stop And some guy says Hey white boy And I go yes negro And then it cuts to Like penetration <laughs> 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 Not of me Ugh. But like yeah It it just turns into a black porn Like all of a sudden Note <laughs> yeah. to
2: self rent ski tripping. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> awesome it's probably only available on are yeah, getting some good
3: residuals from that Ooh.
0: oh yeah that's
2: hilarious this is fantastic well richie man we appreciate you doing the show taking the time out of your schedule on the whole online thing nice
0: on everything is at richie redding and uh for any comedy consulting needs check out FunnierThanYouAre.com. you
2: nice we appreciate that website yeah yeah i was i've been perusing it checking it out i mean i I think i definitely think it's genius richie hey thanks for being a part of the show bro
3: rich awesome
1: yeah guys see See you take care dude
0: when will
1: uh visit the website at
2: bigboyvoices.com and on facebook and instagram at bigboyvoicespodcast